Fantasy Sports Primetime on a Thursday. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed. Uh, it's where you go for the best in the business. It's where you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles and a non-commissioned sales staff. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, looking at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators is GaryAshton.com. So when this Pred's first round pick looks for his dream address without the stress, you know he'll use the Gary Ashton team. GaryAshton.com, the Intel Edge available to you there. So looking at uh, over the course of John Robinson's six years so far as general manager of the Tennessee Titans, there's a lot of good. Um, there's vastly more good than bad. There are some obvious glaring issues with any general manager's uh, with any general manager's um, resume, right? Player, uh, the scouting of talent, whether it's in you know whether it's in football, basketball, baseball, hell, uh, you know, in our industry, it's difficult to find talent just across the board. There is no perfect formula, regardless of whatever your business is. And so to look at free agents specifically, guys who they've had to supplement their roster with, not homegrown talent. For example, Kevin Byard wouldn't count for this portion of the conversation. He is somebody who was drafted here. He was somebody who never really hit free agency. Um, and he was somebody who uh, got a long-term contract extension here. Lawan would be the same, even though John didn't draft him. Technically, Harold Landry. Uh, well, no, Harold never hit free agency really either. So that was not a huge issue. Um, Ryan Tannehill, however, would count for the purposes of this conversation. Well, no, I guess Ryan Tannehill wouldn't count for the purposes of this conversation because it's a trade acquisition. So Ryan Tannehill doesn't even count. Julio Jones doesn't count either because he's a trade. So you have to you have to kind of be discerning as far as the free agents are concerned. Just free agents specifically is what we're looking at this evening. So I want to start with a simple question. Who has been the best free agent pickup in John Robinson's tenure? Reed, let's change that from Titans history to John Robinson's tenure. And let's take a, uh, a uh, let's pare that down a little bit if we could. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Chris Frazier says Delaney Walker. Delaney was also not done under this regime. Delaney is the best free agent ad in Titans history. I would argue, but again, that did not come under John. Uh, Delaney did play under John, but was not signed by John Robinson. That was by that was the previous uh, administration. So who is the best free agent pickup in John Robinson's history? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together um, just to kind of uh, refresh your memory. John Robinson was hired as the Tennessee Titans general manager in the 2016 season, ahead of the 2016 season. Um, and the personnel changes, obviously, he had to put the he had to do a significant amount of heavy lifting to put together this roster. There's a, a variety of different players. Everybody from you know, Logan Ryan is a good example of a good free agent signing. Malcolm Butler, a good example of a good free agent signing. Will Compton would be an example of a terrible free agent signing. No, I kid. We, we joke because we love. Will uh, had some productive, a couple of productive seasons here in Tennessee. 
Um, Kenny Vaccaro, free agent. I'm not, not just looking at defensive backs, but like more recently, Roger Saffold. You could look at Cam Wake, uh, good or bad, Vic Beasley, Jadavion Clowney, both of those guys, free agent signings. But we're focusing on the best right now. So who is the best free agent signing so far through John Robinson's six seasons? We will talk about that together. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. It's as always presented by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for the best car buying experience possible. Two Rivers Ford is the place for you when it comes to your new or pre-owned vehicle, whichever makes the most sense for you. Now, if it seems like everything is hard to do these days, I've got some great news for you because there's still one thing that's incredibly easy, and that's buying a vehicle from Two Rivers Ford. No matter how you like to shop, Two Rivers is there to make it happen for you, whether it's the Built For You program like I did, or whether you want one of their non-commissioned sales staff to keep a lookout for vehicles that come available on the lot that may work for you and your family's budget or your needs. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford always sells below MSRP on all new non-specialty vehicles, so you can rest assured you're getting the best price. So when it comes to finding a vehicle, go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet and let them do the work for you. Two Rivers Ford, uh, put Two Rivers Ford on your team today or online at tworiversford.com. So, Who's the best free agent signing in John Robinson's six seasons? It's a pretty, uh, it's a pr- there's some pretty good hits on this list. Kind of going through, um, going through the last couple of seasons. Let's just take this, let's take this down the list. There's a lot to mention. Six seasons is obviously a substantial uh, sample size, and there's some guys who are starters, some guys who were more depth pieces. Um, Josh Reynolds, Kendall Lamb. Kevin Johnson and Jack Rabbit Jenkins, Matthias Farley, Bud Dupree, Morgan Cox, the long snapper, and Danico Autry, uh, Ola Adani, a part of that free agent class from last offseason. You look at Ty Sambrello, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Jonathan Joseph, who was not a great one, Nick DeZubnar, Jack Crawford, Ibrahim Campbell, like some names that you would recognize, some names that you don't. We talked about uh, Kevin Palm. Feel, I still remember that. Palm feel, Kevin Palm feel, who uh was uh going to make some take some uh snaps at some point uh throughout the course of uh, his tenure here, but did not did not necessarily pan out the way that uh I think a lot of Titans fans would like for it to have. Now, here's what I'll say: Darren Bates, also a free agent signing here, both Darren Bates and Will Compton, podcasting linebackers, both former Titans free agents. Uh, for the best, for the best of them, you know, I think it has to be situational, right? Because Donald Red brings up a good one. Rashard Matthews uh, ended poorly, right? Like the Rashard, Ma- the Rashard Matthews situation ended really, really unfortunately um, because it seems like they were going to have the ability to build something around an offense that had some, you know, some kind of talent that was looking to continue to add some kind of talent at the wide receiver, but the value that they got out of Richard in that first, in those first couple of seasons, I think would be regarded as one of the better moves of John Robinson's career, even as it is, as it kind of spiraled out of control. Um, Derek says Matthews was a J Rob guy. Yes, that is correct. Richard Matthews was uh, a John Robinson guy. Bryson Williams says Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray does not count. Demarco Murray was a trade 
acquisition in John Robinson's first year, um, as was Dennis Kelly, right? So remove trades from the circumstance, look solely at free agents that were signed off the open market. So uh, I think that Rashard Matthews is a really, really good situational one. The answer, it, it's, it's tough to do in only one season, right? But I, it is hard for me. I think Ben Jones is probably the best long-term signing that John Robinson has had as I go through this. Logan Ryan uh, was here for a short period of time, but did contribute at a high level. Um, Deion Lewis is somebody who played consequential snaps for them, but didn't necessarily pan out. Malcolm Butler ended up being a tremendous addition for them, even though he had some moments where people, I think, were pretty critical of him. Hell, even going down the list of some guys whose names not might not necessarily uh, might not necessarily pop for you. Jonathan Cyprian and Eric Decker were both a part of a playoff team. Uh, you look at Valentino Blake, who was a terrible one, and kind of see how far the Titans' secondary issues have come. But one of the first ones was Ben Jones. Ben Jones is probably the answer across John Robinson's career, but damned if there's not been a more impactful one than Danico Autry in recent memory. Danico Autry, when I think about you, I think about big plays. Nearly 50 tackles for loss, 30 and a half sacks in your career, what is it about your game that has allowed you to make so many big plays since you came into the NFL? It's all attitude, man. Um, just the effort and, and mindset that you have to, to, you know, to, to go be great and be that on the field. For you, it seems like versatility is also a big part of your game. Is it really fair to say that you don't mind lining up all over the defense anywhere the team needs you? No, I don't. It's end of day, it's still football. I put my hand in the dirt and go. Why were the Tennessee Titans the best choice for 2021? You know, they, they have a lot going on here. I love the, the team. I love the morale. Uh, I just want to be a part of that. Jeffrey Simmons has already gotten very excited on social media that another Mississippi State Bulldog defensive lineman is going to join the team. So, number one, how well do you know Big Jeff? And number two, what do you hope to be able to do together when you're on the field? I know Jeff. I don't know him on a personal level, you know what I mean? But I'm trying to get to know him. Hopefully, you know, we can you know, come together, you know, and, and work, work with each other, you know, work off each other. What do you think you bring to the Titans defense? What are those most important qualities? I'm a, you know, this uh, tough guy, hard nose. You know, I'm going to give you everything I got every play. I was big, you know, just I appreciate them for even giving me the opportunity. So, you know, I came in with a chip on my shoulder to prove to them that I was what I said I am. Yeah. Do you feel like you've done that? Uh, you know, I did. I did a little bit. I feel like I could do it. I could have done more. <laughs> a man of few words is Danico Autry. You got You always got to be prepared with like 16 follow-ups for Danico because you know you're going to have a minute to get all of your questions in and he's going to answer you in three to five word max. But. His play speaks for itself. Danico Autry has been one of the most high-level, instant-impact free agents of John Robinson's career. Now, I know we're talking best. Best is probably Ben Jones, who signed here in 2016 and has been a critical part of what exactly they have built over the course of the last couple of years. Um, but Danico Autry is a really, really good player. Uh, Donald Red says it's a little bit of bi recency bias. I would agree. Um, I would agree that that is recency bias. But again, there's some good selections to pick from. There's also some bad ones that we'll talk about here in just a second. But Danico, man, is 
he embodies exactly what they want in a football player. I don't talk. They just go out there and bust ass. Like it's, it's like I remember asking Mike Vrabel about Nate Davis one time. He goes, yeah, Nate just works. Like Nate, you know, Nate's not Lawan, right? Nate's not out here uh, busting with the boys, shotgunning beer off, pre, uh, off of catfish, all these different things. Nate, Nate is what one uh, one of my buddies in the scouting community. He now works for SB Nation. He's the podcaster in chief at SB Nation, Michael Kist. Remember, I had him on right after that 2019 draft, and he told me that Nate Davis is a certified shit kicker. And, you know, outside of Nate having a, uh, oh, a producer. All right, get on camera if you're going to if you're gonna hold up the shirt. What, what, a, what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing for producer Reed to try and distract me with. I don't know well, what you're I talking was... about. All I simply have is the greatest Taylor Lewan is my dad t-shirt in full support of the boys. Gotta love it. Best left tackle in Titans history. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll go back to the shadows. I'll no, 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 no. Now wait, damn it. Wait. Now, not you don't go to the shadows until I send you to the shadows. That's not how this works. Why are you wearing a shirt that says that Taylor Lewan is your father? You have a father, Reed. It is not Taylor Lewan. I, I do have he's Nashville's dad, though. He's the best dad around there. You know it. I made a personal connection with him, but you know, it's just one of those that Love the pick when we first made it originally. He's only he's exceeded my ex- expectations, maybe not others. So I understand that, but got to support the boy. Got to support both the boys, even if one of the boys won't call me back. I'll let that one go at a different time, though. <laughs> a shot across Will Compton's bow makes me very happy. All right, now you can go back to the shadows in here with a Taylor Lewan is my dad shirt. I've got I've got a a, a, a what do you call it? Not a not an intruder amongst the ranks, but uh, whatever it is. Taylor Lewan is everybody's dad. No, <laughs> he's not. Taylor Lewan is not my father. <laughs> he's just, all Taylor Lewan is is a giant pain in my ass. I'm sure Taylor's going to see that. I'm sure somebody's going to send him a screenshot. I'm sure I'm going to have to deal with him later. Anyway, um, but yes, as far as recency bias is concerned, um, as far as recency bias is concerned, I would say to you, uh, I would say to you that uh, that Danico Autry is probably a product of recency bias because Ben Jones. I mean, he's. I don't. I don't think he's missed a start since he has been here in 2016. Um, and if he has, it is one or two. Like you can count it on one hand. He has been durable. He has been dependable. He has been somebody who they can build not just an offensive line around, but the, their legit culture around, even as. That's difficult to qualify. Ben is probably the right answer, but damn if Danico Autry is not good. Um, all right. Uh, here on uh, here on A to Z Sports Primetime. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of um, speaking of cool things that are happening or cool things that are coming your way here in the near future, a quick reminder that you can come hang out with us. Producer Reed is coming to the Brooklyn Bowl uh, event that we're putting on with the radio station. And with the radio show at Brooklyn Bowl on July the 20th, that's 13 days from now, in downtown Nashville, uh, we are, we've are we rented out Brooklyn Bowl. We're throwing a huge party for an incredible charity, the Church at Mount Carmel and their free youth summer camp program that operates solely on a donation basis. Would love to have you guys. It's a radio show event, but obviously would love to have you guys as a part of the primetime audience. We don't do stuff as a show enough to kind of hang out to get together. Hell, Reed and I, I think we probably see 
each other in person maybe, maybe once a year because this is a digital media company. So if you have the opportunity to attend, we would love to have you. You can purchase tickets. Of course, the tickets go to uh, the tickets are uh, the proceeds will go to the charity, of course. But you can purchase tickets at 1045thezone.com. Ramon Foster is going to be hanging out with us. We got Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio going to come through. And what he told what he told me when he called me on the phone yesterday was, Buck, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do some Coach Mac shit. And I said, all right, Mac, you show up and you do some Coach Mac shit. Um, Darren Bates is going to be there uh, bowling. Our buddy Josh Black, one of Nashville's best local comedians, is going to be kicking it with us. So we hope to have you guys there again. 1045thezone.com is where you get tickets. What comes with the ticket is bowling for three hours. And by the way, Brooklyn Bowl charges, I think it's 15 bucks per half hour uh, to bowl. So we're giving you three hours of bowling, two drink tickets with your uh, two drink tickets with your ticket, food all night, and you know the ability to hang out and have a good time with us. It's going to be tremendous. Uh, Bryson Williams says Bishop Marcus Campbell. Yeah, uh, uh, Bishop Marcus Campbell was on the radio show. We brought him on couple of weeks ago to talk about the work that they're doing. I just preached for him a few Sundays ago. Yes, Bryson. So I, the, the, the Bishop and his wife, I believe are going to, uh, are going to be there. Um, and I would hope, I would hope, uh, that you guys will be able to, uh, will be able to come out and hang out as well. So that will be a great time. Uh, Buck, how come producer Reed doesn't hang out with us more and share his opinion uh, that's because I don't like uh, I don't like uh, anything that would be perceived as a threat. So just like Lucas with the radio show, I have to keep my thumb on Reed somehow to make sure that it's not Reed sitting in my chair in some way, shape, or form. No, um, I don't know. It's, uh, Reed Reed has the ability. Reed can let it, Reed runs the show, so like Reed can come in here anytime he wants to. I don't have to summon him from the beyond every time he makes an appearance. Um, but you know, I think Reed does it out of respect to not completely disrupt <laughs> the flow of the show as it was. Um, yeah, Stephen King says, I wish Buck didn't give his opinion as much. Well, what the hell else am I going to do, Stephen? I'm going to sit here and stare at you. What do, what do you want me to do? You want me to read to you? Uh, I don't have any reading material on my desk right now. Perhaps we could do story time with Uncle Buck. But yeah, if it's not opinion about your sports teams, I don't have anything else to do. So you just got to eat it. Uh, the only thing I have on my desk right now to read to you is my progressive insurance, no free ads, renewal um, statement. So yeah, I could give you the details of my insurance policy, by the way, no, for, again, no free ads for progressive, but I'm paying entirely too much for car insurance. Um, so maybe I need to get that quote readjusted anyway. Uh, so the best, the best, uh, free agent addition, I think Ben Jones would be the correct answer there. All right, let's talk about the worst. Who is the worst free agent signing, uh, for the Tennessee Titans under John Robinson since 2016. Let me know. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch, we would be glad to have your uh, submission here in the comment section. And while you do that, I will tell you about the person who sold John Robinson his home. That is Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. They also sold me my home at the Ashton team. The Intel Edge is what they offer you. It's why all your favorite sports teams, all your favorite personalities in sports use the Ashton Group, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, because they have the Intel Edge, which allows you to find your next home if you are currently in the market to sell yours, because it's a great market to do so. It allows you to win the buyer battle, cash in on your home equity now, and make sure that you are getting the best information on all the best properties while everybody else kind of pitters, pitter-patters around. GaryAshton.com 
is where you go for your dream address without the stress and to sell your home for more. Trust the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, who's the worst free agent signing um, in the Titans' history? Uh, well, in not in Titans' history, in John Robinson's history as a Tennessee Titan uh, general manager. So, looking through this, just kind of going through a list of some of the bad, uh, there are, there, you know, do this by degrees, right? Valentino Blake was a necessary evil, even if he wasn't a good player, right? They needed corners at the time. He wasn't a good corner, but they ended up, you know, he was one of the signings that they made to kind of get them into a better place. I think that you look at a, a player like, just kind of going through the list of these things, um, Sylvester Williams is regarded 2017 a nose tackle Sylvester Williams who got a a pretty substantial deal here to come I believe from the Denver Broncos at the time Sly Williams was terrible um, here in Tennessee one of John Robinson's worst uh, worst decisions kind of going through the list of players you know Deion Lewis Deion Lewis gets a bad rap but I think Deion Lewis in a different offense would make a hell of a lot more sense. I think I, I understood what they were trying to do with Dion while he was here, even if it didn't necessarily pan out the way that um, Titans fans or, or the execs wanted it to, but like Dion Lewis, while his career here, wasn't the best. He did have some, I think, I think I understood the plan with what they were trying to do with Dion um, certainly during his time here. And that's something that I think a lot of people in football, looked at as like, okay, that's a pretty good free agent addition. After one week, are we all in agreement that it's time to move Deion Lewis ahead of Derrick Henry? Stefania, I feel that is the case. I do, but I think I, I think it's close. Like, I, I have them pretty close together. I just want to see. I, I don't really know what to make of Tennessee's offense. Number one, you got Mariota, who was dinged up last week. And so, I, you know, Deion Lewis is a pass-catching back. I don't even know what's going to happen with Mariota. I, do, I know they expect him to play, but I'm still a little concerned about the ability – for him to play. So I think they may try and run it a lot with Henry. Didn't look great last week, but I think that could change. So I have them pretty close. Matthew, how close do you have it? So I have, uh, I have Deion Lewis at 20. I have Derek Henry at 32. And I would agree with you that if Marcus Mariota were to miss this game, I would move Henry up. But honestly, I thought Deion Lewis looked like the better running back. And I don't think it was all that close. Now, it's a, it was a weird game, obviously, because yeah. there were so many delays and, and a bigger guy like Derrick Henry coming off the field and like trying to get going again. I mean, Henry's one of those guys that he needs to be fed right. the ball a ton. The and interruptions he sort of, he, didn't he, help. Right, and, and wears down a team in the fourth quarter. Having said that, I don't know that he's going to get that kind of run, especially the way that Deion Lewis looked. I mean, he... He had a 47 to 20 snap edge over Derrick Henry since week 14 of last season. 97 different players have a carry gaining 15 or more yards. Derrick Henry is not one of them. Uh, you know, he's average. If you take, he has two 70 yard carries since the beginning of last season. You take those two big plays out. He's averaging 3.39 yards per carry. He's averaging 2.31 yards per carry over his last five games here. It's just, it's, it's sort of about in week two field. It's to me, it's a little bit about confidence. How confident, based on what you saw out of Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis from last week, Henry did not look good, Lewis did, how much confidence do you have in Derrick Henry this week? Here's the bottom line is, it was impossible for me to envision a scenario in which Deion Lewis stayed healthy and was not supremely involved in this offense. So if memory serves, that was what, Reed, the 2019 season? 
the start of the 2019 season, which, you know, that included obviously the weird-ass Miami game. Eric Castillo says, little did they know. Well, I mean, Eric, that, <laughs> respectfully, do you remember how bad Derek was? Like, and, and not bad, but like, Derek was not who Derek ended up being. Like, even at the start of 2019, even with Arthur Smith, it is, it is, um, you know, I think that's what makes Derek's story so crazy is that he was not what he is now or what he was considered to be when he came into the league. This, this was a player who was losing snaps to David Fluellen, David Fluellen, who, okay. I know play, I know like fans, like fans who were fans of the Titans during the down bad times, right? Every time flu come in, boo, Mickey Ryan loved David Fluellen. Uh, David Fluellen was a, uh, that was 2018 with Matt LaFleur. No, 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 no. That was basically 2019 until the second half of the Carolina Panthers game where Derrick Henry, where they finally figured out to just give him the damn ball, just continue to run him with the damn ball. That was very, I mean, you guys wanted Arthur Smith's ass. That was the first year we were doing the primetime show, right? I remember getting on there basically for the through the first six weeks of the season, basically up until Marcus got benched, and you guys wanted Arthur out. So let's not be prisoners of the moment. You know, recency bias is crazy. But Derrick Henry was on the trading block in the 2018 season. It is uh, it is insane. Um, Tannehill, Kyle Ryan says, we got Tannehill in 2019. Tannehill was on the Dolphins in that game. I still think you were wrong. Tannehill wasn't here. Buddy, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, 2018 was the start of the uh, – was the start of the – um, 2018 was Mike Vrabel's first year. So in 2018, Matt LaFleur would have been the offensive coordinator. What that clip was from was 2019. 2019 was the, uh, 2019 was the, they started the year with the Houston Texans. If my memory is correct. So forgive me. I I misspoke earlier. I said that the Dolphins game was the start of the 2019 season. That is incorrect. So apologies on that. I did make that mistake. So, uh, but Ryan Tannehill, even through Ryan Tan, or rather Derrick Henry, even through the first six games of 2019, Derrick wasn't doing anything special with Marcus at quarterback. Respectfully, uh, respectfully, Derrick didn't do Derrick didn't do shit again until the second half of the Carolina game, which I believe was 2019, because Ryan Tannehill was quarterbacking and they had like a Deion Lewis game plan in the first half. I remember being in the press box in Charlotte, looking down and being like, "What the hell." is this that I'm watching. This makes absolutely no sense. So forgive me, Kyle, you are correct. I did mix up the starting of the 2019 season saying that it was the Miami game. The Miami game was the start of the 2018 season, which was the first game of Mike Vrabel's career. So thank you for catching me on that. Um, MB says, Buck, was anyone doing anything? Dean, Dean P's defense was. They had they had to play. They were averaging 20 points a game. Like they were, uh, they were absolutely suffocating uh, people at the time. Bryson Williams says Derek called his own running so style soft during that time frame. You know, it's not that, I mean, yes, I, I wouldn't call Derek soft, um, but definitely there was a change in, in like the mindset, right. A change in the mentality uh, that, uh, that, you know, you clearly saw Derek getting North and South with greater urgency as opposed to trying to 
you know, he, remember he would lose yardage kind of run for the trying to run for the sideline because he was playing like he was at Alabama, right? When he's bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. Derek is still bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody else, but it was uh it was not it was a better strategy for him to use the physical gifts that he has as a north and south runner as opposed to trying to be shifty at 250 pounds. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I, I you really saw Derek take on. And, and, you know, I know the Eddie George, like, pep talk is the stuff of legend now. I don't know what Eddie said to Derek. I don't know how much of an impact that actually had on Derek. All I know is Derek is an absolute shit kicker now. And But that that wasn't the case for basically the first, what, Derek was drafted here in 2016? 2016, I believe, as a, as a, because that was the Jared Goff and uh, Carson Wentz draft because the Titans had the number one overall pick. John Robinson traded out of the number one overall pick. The first round pick would have been Jack Conklin. And then with those second round picks, they took, uh, they took Kevin Dodd with their first second round pick, 33 overall. They took Austin Johnson, the defensive tackle out of Penn State. And then with the third of the second round picks that they had acquired, they took Derrick Henry. So yeah, Derrick didn't do, I mean, Derrick really didn't do jack shit for his two and a half years, his first two and a half years here. And then, you know, now he's got a Hall of Fame resume that he's putting together. Um, but the worst, the worst uh, free agent signing by John Robinson is in his career is Vic Beasley. Uh, Vic Beasley, who was an abject disaster. Vic Beasley, who was supposed to be a pass rush solution and was like 10 days late to training camp. I think he cost himself um, or like five. I think it was a full week late to training camp. I think he cost himself one hundred thousand dollars and just was not, you know, was not telling anybody his whereabouts. We it was very weird. That was during the Zoom era. So we're sitting there on Zooms with Vrabel and John and asking him, hey, where the hell is your outside linebacker? And just being like, oh, we've had conversations with him. We are just waiting for him to show up, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Um, Vic Beasley was really, really bad. Uh, so uh, he obviously didn't last here. He got cut in November of that season. Him and Jonathan Joseph both after they blew it against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I think like six or seven weeks into the year. That was Joe Burrow's rookie year. They had like two wins on the season to that point. Uh, they went to Cincinnati and got absolutely dummied in ways that are still unthinkable to me. Um, Anthony says Clowney is right there next to Vic Beasley. No, Clowney's still a high level player. Like, honestly, like I know the Clowney thing didn't work out here. Um, but like Jadavion Clowney is a substantially better player and was a considerably better player when he was available. He obviously wasn't available very often, but, uh, and you have higher expectations for Jadavion Clowney, even though Vic Beasley was also a first round pick, but Vic Beasley was, was, Way, 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 way worse. Um, Justin Jefferson ended uh Jonathan Joseph's career. No, what uh just I don't remember Jonathan Joseph in that because that was what week three against the Vikings, but I remember that Malcolm Butler got absolutely dummied by Justin Jefferson in his rookie year. I mean, that was brutal. He took him for a roller coaster ride. Uh, really, 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 uh, unpleasant stuff for Malcolm Butler in that game. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Donald Red says Clowney was worse because of the hype given. Yeah, maybe so. Um, you know, I can't tell you how, how to feel about that. Cause I know you guys certainly had expectations. Hell, we had expectations for Jadavion Clowney in it. And it just, it didn't, it fizzled, right. It fizzled out, uh, very, very quickly. Um, but I, I do think, I do think that Vic Beasley was worse because, 
not just because, I mean, they gave him almost $10 million guaranteed. Like all, like the contract details were terrible. At least Clowney, like Clowney, they shut him down because he got hurt. They weren't ever going to cut Jadavion if he was healthy. Um, oof. But like like Clowney, you see him on the Browns play next to Miles Garrett, and that's the guy that you thought you were getting. He's, he's been great since he's been in Cleveland. Um, what, now over two seasons. This will be his second season in Cleveland, I do believe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Clowney, Clowney is still playing at a high level, and Vic Beasley's out the league. Because I think Vic Beasley also ended up on the Las Vegas Raiders during that 2020 season, and there was like a, a video of Zach Pascal, the Colts wide receiver, absolutely pancaking the living shit out of him um in ways that sh should not happen to an outside linebacker where there's like a 50 to 60 pound weight advantage anyway uh weekend bounce back let's wrap it up here on a to z sports prime prime time who needs to bounce back the most in sports on facebook on youtube on twitter and twitch why don't you let me know who you think needs to bounce back and we will discuss at length together right after i tell you about our friends uh, well, actually, no, I've told you about everybody that I need to tell you about this evening. Reed, I do not see a bounce back video, though, it would appear um, in my uh, in my queue. Uh, so as far as the bounce back is concerned, perhaps that's something that we can uh, that we can get into here in just a second. Who needs to bounce back the most in sports? Um, Derek R says CBS Sports for their take on the Titans defensive front. I tagged you. Um, here's the thing, Derek, I, and I will say, uh, I did not see it, so I will, uh, I will, um, here's what I'll say about tagging me and, and shit like that on Twitter. I will see maybe one out of every 20 that you guys tag me and things like that. One, cause I don't read my mentions a lot anymore. I really wish I, I should probably, it's probably not something I should admit, but like, and I, I'm grateful that as many of you guys interact with me on Twitter as 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 you do, but like I I rarely check my mentions, especially for shit like that. Like I just I don't care what CBS Sports has to say about the uh, about the, the Titans defensive front. I just I don't have the energy for it. Um, but I will assume uh, I will assume that whatever it was that they said was not good. Um, Derek R says they didn't even put the Titans in the top ten. Well, you know I mean what like like I said whatever. <laughs> I just, I don't care. Um, Baker Mayfield needs to bounce back, says Derek Othello West uh, took a pay cut and needs a job with the Carolina Panthers. Yes, the Carolina Panthers are terrible. Um, and the Carolina Panthers have an offensive coordinator who didn't like Baker Mayfield very much at all. That offensive coordinator is Ben McAdoo, who is most famous for his weird change of hairstyles as the head coach of the New York Giants. He has yet another new hairstyle as the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers who, when Baker came out of Oklahoma in 2018, said that he didn't like uh, anything. The only thing that he liked about Baker Mayfield was his attitude because he's a gamer, but he's too short and he's got small hands. And now Ben McAdoo's his OC. You look at Sam as your starting quarterback? Sam is our starting quarterback, yes. You know, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people, so... You know, announcing the starting quarterback here, I just put my foot in the mouth. So I, that wasn't something I should have said. But uh... So that's Ben McAdoo in a dope. Uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield all in desperate need of a bounce back at this point. Steven, 1986 on Twitch says, Lucas, producer Lucas on the radio show, needs to bounce back with his ridiculous Saints takes. 
Buck is right no matter how much you want to believe it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I will because you're agreeing with me, I'll say that you're right. Absolutely so. Luke Lucas is, has this weird obsession with Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's very, very bizarre. Um, but yes, I think that all of those parties involved in the Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Browns trade, I think they could use a bounce back because I don't think that either of those teams are going to be substantially better than when they were. All right, that's going to do it for us on the primetime show. It's a great time had by all. Thank you guys for your participation. A couple of things on the way out the door. Uh, 615 Sessions podcast. Producer Reed's going to have that up in your favorite podcast feed for tomorrow morning with Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2. We talked a lot about what, what the quarterback miss rate in the first round means for somebody like Malik Willis as a third round pick uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Radio show from 10 to 1. Tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone, Coach Dave McGinnis is going to be hanging out um, with us. And just like uh, Coach Mack called me and told me the other day that he's going to show up at Brooklyn Bowl on Wednesday, September, or, uh, July the 20th and do Coach Mack shit. Coach Mack is going to be doing Coach Mack shit at 1120 Central Time on the radio show tomorrow. So we hope that you will join us then. Again, I will remind you that the uh, that the Brooklyn Bowl situation, tickets at 1045thezone.com. Come hang out for a great cause a charitable effort that we are putting together with a lot of our friends who are going to be hanging out with us. We want to have you there as well, so make sure you do that. All right, now you can throw up the end screen, Reed. Thank you for waiting on that. Have a great weekend, uh, full primetime show week next week, which means that we are back with you Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time or thereabouts.